Welcome back to episode 182 of the Blockrunner podcast. Here is where we discuss the latest developments in cryptocurrency while we make this new technology available to you. You can watch this podcast on our YouTube channel to follow along with our discussion. Sign up to our newsletter to keep up with the latest in Web3 at theblockrunner.com. As always, I'm your host, William, talking with your co-host, Iman, and today we bring you A, who is the founder of Atomicals. Here are some of the topics we discussed today. First up, we dive into the potential for developers to create exciting Web3 products using Atomicals. Next, A shares his vision in the future of token protocols and the significance of Atomicals in the Web3 space. Then we discuss how Atomicals has the programmable solutions for developers to build robust ecosystems on top of Bitcoin. And finally, what is A's take on the ordinals and the Bitcoin ecosystem? All right, let's listen in. Welcome back to another episode of the Block Runner Podcast. I'm your host, William, always here with your co-host, I'm Ann. What's going on, dude? And on the sticks, we got TJ. Hello. And most importantly today, joining us, we got A from the co-founder of Atomicals. Welcome, A. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes. Uh, so we've we've been going deep into what you've been doing with Atomicals. We love it. Um, there's a, a reference to digital matter theory, which was like, you know, really cool. Or I, yeah. I would say digital matter, so, so to speak. But, uh, mm -hmm. but yeah, what you're working on is really cool. Um, I think the angle that you guys bring to the table is interesting. There's a lot of uh, similarities to runes. Good old Casey coming in here with uh, a post atomicals implementation and then all of a sudden posting a, a blog post. Mm hmm. So a lot of stuff has been happening over this last couple of weeks. Yeah, and this definitely like contributes to like I guess what we're uh, witnessing is like basically like a fungible, just like a tokenization war happening on Bitcoin, right? And yeah, I say war in like the lightest of senses. Like we obviously we're not trying to encourage any sort of like a yeah bad actor behavior between these different camps or ideas or innovations, right? It's just the idea that this is such an important. I think collective achievement, right? How do we f achieve consensus around how do we mm -hmm. create digitization, new values of digital, you know, digital goods or digital products on top of Bitcoin? Yeah. And how do we expand the scope of, I guess, what the laser eye maxis define Bitcoin to be, right? Because clearly there's a community gravitating around this idea, right? So there's so many different concepts of how to achieve this. And this is like <laughs> been in debate since, I mean, the old days, right? Yeah. Um, twelve. So that'd be cool to know, like, is you're you're bringing forth probably like one of the more interesting like concepts to the forefront. So like, how old is this idea of yours? How long have you been like cooking this in your mind? Um, and then what's your background that led you to even being capable of pulling this off? For sure, for sure. And well, the the tokenization protocol is something I developed over two years ago. I worked on a research paper, um, an unnamed research paper, we'll say, that developed the theory that Satoshis can be used as tokens uh, other than Satoshis, like, you know, colored coins. And so the realization was that the Satoshis themselves are the perfect accounting mechanism for colored coins and, and tokens. So this was developed a couple of years ago because I thought it was just really very interesting to use Bitcoin as Bitcoin natively, but also layer in or overlay tokenization on top of it. And I ended up working on a couple other things 
in the space and kind of shelved that idea. I think it was, you can either say really late or really early, depends on how you look at it, because colored coins and tokenization has been a hot topic for ever since Bitcoin existed. Mm -hmm. So the, the, my experience is working on a blockchains, wallets, uh, proof of work systems for oh, five uh, over five years. And one of the things I wanted to create was a standard that allowed me to ultimately build a decentralized social media platform. So basically ultimately replace Twitter and the Facebooks and the Instagrams and everything like that. But I realized it was not possible in the old paradigm. We needed a new tokenization standard and Bitcoin BTC was not mature enough and we didn't have taproot to be able to put data on chain. So I shelved all that theory. I've, I've studied computer engineering. I studied physics, all these things in my, my past life that have given me the ability to build this or to theorize about it. But it wasn't until recently with the launch of ordinals did I realize that I can actually now build the protocol that I always wanted as a developer on Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. I looked at ordinals and I built a couple things. I embarked on a journey to build a digital identity system on ordinals in the first month. And partway through, I realized it's just too difficult. Ordinals is digital artifacts. It is for static digital artifacts, not for a programmable um, mm -hmm. yeah. interactive layer. And so after about a month, I just, I just thought, you know, why don't I apply all this theory that it took me over thousands of hours to develop, document and, and develop? Why don't I actually go ahead and, and implement that in the decentralized indexer the way I think non-fungible and fungible tokens should be? And, and so I, I set out to do that. I set out, I said it was going to take a month or two. It took me seven months, actually, in the end. So right when this ordinals craze started taking off at like inscription number around by 10,000, that, that's when I set out to build this, when it was at 10,000 and we're up to, I mean, tens of millions now. Mm -hmm. And so to me, it's very interesting because the innovations in the Atomicals protocol, uh, you can see Casey and others discussing the innovations in the, in the tokenization standards, such as the encoding, the multi-file support. And they, they acknowledge the interesting parts, such as the proof of work mineable tokens with Bitwork. They recognize the multi-file support with the CBOR encoding implementation. And they just generally saw that the ARC20 standard is, I, I'm not putting words in their mouth here, but you can see through their actions that they developed runes right after, mm -hmm. yeah. which follows the UTXO model. Right after, they just like a few days after, a week after, mm -hmm. they discussed it to put out a competing standard to BRC20. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yep. And, and so we can see already that the Atomicals protocol, which I like to call like digital objects 2.0 mm -hmm. on Bitcoin. I, I see ordinals as the a huge leap forward with, with the taproot uh, implementation enabled inscriptions to be added. Mm -hmm. And then ordinals, you know, capitalized on that as digital artifacts and digital collectibles. Again, we have this explosion on Bitcoin. And so I like to think of Atomicals as the Bitcoin Digital Objects 2.0. This is the system that everyone wants once you realize as a developer what it means for dynamic digital objects and, and for proper Satoshi faithful colored coins. Mm -hmm. This is, I think, the final destination, or at least 
the next step until the final destination mm -hmm. um, in the evolution of these uh, the, the, these token protocols on Bitcoin. Time will tell, of course, history is written by the, the winners, mm -hmm. but that's what I like to think of Atomicals as. And once again, this is the protocol that I wanted to exist for years. And I set out to build it right from the beginning when I realized ordinals is just not going to it's just not going to be what I need to create the digital identity systems that I set out to build in the first place. Mm -hmm. uh, that could change with upgrades to ordinals, as you see that ordinals is now taking on some of the enhancements from atomicals. Mm -hmm. uh, it's unstated, but it's it's clearly obvious with runes mm -hmm. and with the multi-file support. And so they're in a way like playing catch up from a from a, a position of strength. Mm -hmm. But it is a fact that ordinals now is in a position of of following what we're doing with atomicals yeah absolutely yeah it was a it was a tweet looking f to understand like what was happening with the, the transaction ids where people were mining i think 0420 or something like that on mm -hmm. a transaction id mm -hmm. and uh and there was casey who was like looking for like the source of this like what's the cobr of like where this is coming from and and i think it was mononaut mononaut right? who yeah. said it was like op return did you know that we're more than just a YouTube channel? We also built Mscribe, the first inscription platform built from the ground up for the metaverse on Bitcoin. Connect your bitmap ordinals and use our tools to bring your community into the virtual realm. Support us by joining the movement at mscribe.io. Like, comment, and subscribe for the latest alpha. Back to the video. Um, so, hey, can you explain what the difference between, you know, pre-taproot upgrade and post-taproot upgrade that allowed for this mania to kind of like kick off at the beginning of this year? For sure. So Taproot is a Bitcoin upgrade that allows basically much more sophisticated locking scripts. So you can like have very special rules to transfer the ownership of your Bitcoins to the next next person. It's, it's a privacy enhancing feature and it just opens up scripting abilities. And so prior to Taproot, Bitcoin had only a, a few address types. You had SegWit, you had mm -hmm. legacy addresses, and you had paid a script hash. So it was very limited in terms of the data size and the instructions you could use on the Bitcoin network. What Taproot allowed is us to store basically arbitrary data, like image data or files, or e even more sophisticated scripts. And so Taproot enables storing of images our our jpegs can be can migrate to bitcoin thanks to taproot and and that was the the realization that we can use bitcoin not just as a money layer for mm -hmm. digital gold you know the the solid money uh, hard money we can also use it for a backbone for an information backbone an information data feed of rare collectibles and and art and and other other things like that for applications that we wanna we wanna use the Bitcoin network not necessarily as money but for almost like a, a store of digital media value mm -hmm. is what it's enabled and so the Taproot is is you know the Taproot developers that put this in are really ultimately the ones that we can thank for unlocking this a Cambrian explosion of innovations that started with ordinals and and now is being carried forward with atomicals and and, and bitmap and the other protocols emerging. Mm -hmm. That wasn't intentional though, was it? Like, uh, were you around during like I guess the conversations that led up to Taproot being deployed? I, I mean, because. From our understanding, there's this, this kind of like internal sentiment that's very much against the idea of yeah. turning Bitcoin into a much more like developer robust ecosystem for the potential, I guess, inadvert 
inadvertent like negative consequences of that like you know disrupting this digital gold narrative or mm. whatever it is right whatever it is that's that's building up this sentiment so I'm, I'm assuming taproot like you said it was much more of like a security upgrade uh, but mm-hmm. i guess it had this potential unintended consequence that you know like casey rodimer yeah it, it, probably from their perspective exploited <laughs> to bring about like this new filing system you're describing right so what do you think like yeah what do you think on that so the the events leading up to i'm not very familiar because i've actually basically written off bitcoin Mm -hmm. as a data transport system for years yeah because it was intentionally the narrative was digital gold the use cases that were available was only for their money money and payment purposes and so I, i wrote it off and i actually developed for other systems and all the theory i developed was all on utxo based blockchains like the other Bitcoin forks, like Doge. And so, but I knew in the back of my mind that if there was ever going to be an upgrade to BTC that enabled the rich data storage or the rich contracting, that I I would always be able to go back because all the theories I built out was specifically for all the Bitcoin variants out there. And so as soon as I heard and realized what had happened and saw this craze, and it's not just talk it's not just theory it's it's a reality there's these inscriptions being saved i then immediately knew that now we have a a path forward we can now revive the satoshi's vision and i say satoshi's vision in that like the old vision from his old writings he talks about bitcoin being a a high speed uh, message delivery system for all kinds of authentication systems, all kinds of contract systems, not just the, the, the simple money use case. Mm-hmm. So I came from that camp of, of using Bitcoin for both usages, but I wrote it off because it just wasn't possible. Mm-hmm. So whether it was intentional or not, I don't know. And we'll, I don't think we'll ever know. We can all speculate. Personally, anyone that's as experienced to say as I am or the Bitcoin developers that implemented this would surely know that you could do an you can add data. Yeah. It, it seems like to me to say, oh, we didn't know. And they wave their hands like they're poor victims of some vulnerability. To me, it just sounds like a very good, plausible deniability because it's the first thing that, that, that would arrive in anyone's mind mm-hmm. with this mm-hmm. is that we can do more than yeah. just privacy. Like that's the whole point mm-hmm. of the feature is that you could stuff data and alternate execution pathways in there to say that they didn't know is is really i have to say i have to give them a, a hat, you know clap clap to their plausible deniability because yeah. that is a perfect that is a perfect way to wash your hands clean of this and and still have the job done that was necessary to turn bitcoin back into this message um you know this this data integrity layer that we now have so whether it's intentional or not doesn't matter what matters is reality yeah I think this is a good time to get into Atomicals and what exactly is it and why is it superior to ordinals and, and BRC20 from a fungible uh, token perspective? For sure. So like I mentioned earlier, Atomicals is really digital objects 2.0. So think of everything in the entire crypto space that we've, we've come to you know, know and experience from uh, the NFTs. Uh, the NFT craze of several years ago on Ethereum to Ethereum name service, unstoppable domains, and and to to now ordinals, the the Atomicals protocol is the simplest possible way to use the Satoshis to use the Bitcoin 
system to, to put files on the blockchain, to put data and be able to dynamically update them. So you can have like a profile under your, you know, the block runner, maybe that's like a realm name. And that's our digital identity system that's built into Tomicles. And then you'd be able to host your website, your avatar, your links, your link tree at that realm name that's living directly on Bitcoin. And so you can then update the profile, update those fields. So the Atomical is, is not only is it the immutable artifact, which it, it certainly is when you mint the Atomical, just like when you mint an ordinal, an ordinal inscription, but it's also the dynamic component that each update, you can update any field, any data, and then anyone can query that Atomical, that digital object and get the latest state. Hmm. So Atomicals is, if you think about it, it's the evolution of, you have static files, like basic file hosting, you can imagine, and that's like ordinals, you have the digital artifacts, that's why they're called artifacts. Artifacts are things that are kind of ancient and geologically, you know, grounded, permanent. and they kind of stay the same, permanent. Yeah, yeah. And so Atomicals are, are that as well, when you mint them, you can create and there's immutable data there that's permanent you can never change the the data that it's the artifact part but it has this secondary dynamic component mm. where now game developers and social platforms and and crypto you know collaboration and DAOs can emerge where everything can be tokenized it's not just a a, a picture or a file that we're passing around and trading, which is all great. I, I, I love ordinals. I mean, that's, I, I was going to build this on ordinals. I, I have ordinals NFTs mm -hmm. and, but to, to be able to tokenize everything in this world, I see everything as an atom, you know, that's the term we use. It's, it's an atom. It's, which is like an inscription that can be transferred around just like an, uh, an ordinal, but you can now attach data. You can collaborate. So every file, Every social profile, every website, every image, everything becomes tokenized in this world. And so I think Atomicals is the natural evolution from this static world to this dynamic world where you need complex interactions. And we're kind of seeing that already. I have been seeing this for months where BRC20 tokens came out where they deploy a JSON file. To deploy like a ticker and and the rules around mm -hmm. the fungible token then we see these other protocols using a json format and they're building indexers on top and then there's competing standards which is awesome i love the innovation the creativity but you can already see has led to proprietary indexers mm -hmm. walled gardens uh, you can see certain wallets and marketplaces deploying their own specific version to capitalize on the mints their version of whatever is not compatible with the others, or if they are, they need to get together to fix the bugs. So right now we're seeing the Ordinals community really pushing forward to try to get to this dynamic object state. But I think that it, it's an uphill battle working from that, that base. And Atomicals provides that out of the box. Atomicals is not about these proprietary wallets and marketplaces that have their own quirks to their indexing that would lead to like negative cursed inscription numbers and mm -hmm. this this all this stuff is happening because there's no decentralized standard indexer yes there's the org reference client mm -hmm. but but as you can see the marketplaces don't care they have their own implementations with their own rules and so the politics around it has led to these negative inscription numbers mm -hmm. and all these edge cases instead atomicals takes the drastically opposite position we have a decentralized indexer based on ElectromX, which is like the industry standard for index SPV light clients on Bitcoin. We forked it, added the Atomicals indexing, 
open sourced it. It's robust. It's fast. It has a full RPC interface. Basically, the majority of crypto already runs off Electromex anyways. And we also open sourced the entire command line stack and now open sourcing all the websites. So everyone has complete openness. There is no advantage to us. There's no central parties here. So that's the political side I touch on. Atomicals differs not only in the protocol being next gen, but also our approach is embracing the developer experience and really um, limiting any kind of proprietary walled gardens that could emerge because that's not where the innovation is. The innovation is at the end user, the artist, the creator. That's those are the that's the roundabout way I want to say that Atomicals is different. Yeah, supporting developers is sort of what our project is based on, and uh, our, well, specifically our project is is focused on the metaverse. And uh, but yeah, bringing the developers is like the single most important thing you can do to an infrastructure. So, um, so yeah, this is this is really interesting. Hey, can you go into a little bit more detail as to what part of Bitcoin makes um, is the permanent part of Atomicals? And then what other part of Bitcoin is the dynamically up updatable part of Atomicals? For sure. So when you mint an Atomical, which you create a taproot commit reveal transaction, you're, that's when you're putting the initial data, just like an ordinal. That's the immutable part. The first transaction to create the mint, the data in that transaction is considered the permanent immutable data. And with an Atomical, there's, the, there's a metadata field and there's any number of files that you can attach. We just take the first image and we call that the, you know, the, the main image. But you can have any number of images or files in that first minting transaction is the immutable part. That's the ordinals part as well. Mm -hmm. So what Atomicals does is it goes further in that after you created the Atomical, when you spend that Atomical again, you can update it in the same similar fashion to when you created the mint, you attached data, mm -hmm. you can attach data again. And so they're just key value pairs. Like you could say like there's a key like email address or profile photo mm -hmm. or another file, image.jpg. When you overwrite that UTXO, like you spend it again and you attach data at the same file name, like the same key, it overwrites the previous instantiation. Mm -hmm. So all the indexer has to do is to Take the minting, the original minting event and walk the chain of all the transfers mm -hmm. and collapsing all the updates, flattening them onto themselves and only keeping the latest keys, mm -hmm. right? Okay. That gives you the latest snapshot of, of the object of what was updated. Now, you can always reference every revision. Think of it like a Google Doc or a collaborative document editor. You know how there's like a history? You can mm -hmm. always rewind and go back. Well, that's kind of what's happening here. Every atomical is a collaborative, or it could be collaborative, or it could just be owned by one person. And you could go back to a previous revision if you wanted. Mm. And because at any point you have a snapshot of the late of the current state at every level. Mm -hmm. So that's how that's how we handle it. We have also an event stream. So not just a data state updates, but you could publish it's an EVT, like an emit an event. And that's designed to be like a broadcast. So you could subscribe to an Atomical Realm. Realm is a the Realm name service built into Atomicals. You can then have your zone records or you could have a social media feed at slash feed. And then you publish an event in the same key value format. It could be a message. It could be there's an author. Maybe you have a link to a post. And people can then subscribe to that feed. 
just like they'd be subscribing to a Twitter follower. So not only do the Atomicals have a state, they also have a built-in event feed on top of it and, and a number of other utility things I won't go into right now, mm -hmm. but that, that's how it works at a high level. Those are the two parts of Bitcoin is the initial minting transaction and the subsequent transfers can overwrite the key values. We basically okay. turn Bitcoin into one big key value database. Sure. So that means that in my realm, I can, if I wanted to update, let's say my, my social media feed, I, I can send that realm to myself to create a transaction to update that feed. Is that correct? Correct. You just okay. the the command line just says you do the you use the set command ply set um you know post equals hello world yeah and then and then you spend it you you pay the QR code or you you finish the transaction it spends it to yourself and it created that event and now the indexer automatically picks it up and anyone can query the history. Okay, so essentially what what you've built is is a is a message messaging system that is as permanent as an ordinal is but is updatable for developers to create pretty much anything from like uh, not a simple messaging system to something more robust, like, like a website. Is that, is that reasonable? Exactly. So not only can you host a website at the realm or the atomical, you can host social profiles under different namespaces. So I, there's a concept of a path. It might be slash profile, which will have your avatar mm -hmm. and all your crypto wallets that you want to receive cryptocurrency at. So think of it anatomical as ENS, mm -hmm. Ethereum name service, and ordinals, and every other NFT system all in one, in under one elegant programmer interface. And so you could host then your website at slash web. You could have a your videos and your social links at slash networks. Mm -hmm. And you can then you can have collections even of ordinals you store them at slash items so you can actually organize according to digital matter theory i know that's a loose term here mm -hmm. you can organize your digital matter under collections which are identified with the hashtag sign mm -hmm. you can then group together your ordinals heck even your ethereum assets under an atomicals container they're called containers or collections mm -hmm. and and containers themselves can also be updated with any information like links to web pages, uh, your your avatar picture, banner, etc. So that's exactly it. So what we're having, we're producing a demo, which is already open sourced at realm.name, HTTPS uh, realm.name. It's completely open sourced with an online Bitcoin wallet and being able to search realm names. And we're going to add the ability to query your avatar, your profile, and even be able to link to other, like think of like a link tree for all your yeah. brand assets, your online how persona is, this, is going to be there. How is this? Because uh, it sounds very similar to parent-child relationships. That's, I guess, being like uh, implemented mm -hmm. for ordinals, right? Like parent-child, you can build like this hierarchy of uh, information that's all rooted to, I guess, a singular entity. And in, in your space, they're called realms, right? So what um, is it between the two different mechanisms or systems where parent child you cannot achieve the same robustness of functionality or whatever it is that you can on atomicals like you know it's, it's a good question mm -hmm. it's a good question i'm glad you brought it up so parent child is a technique for minting an ordinal where you can you're, you can force a parent ordinal to be spent to to create a new ordinal right to, a, a, a parent can spawn a child well what that is is a, is a technical building block which enables the things that you described, like creating, you know, collection hierarchies 
you're completely correct. Now, what Realms is, Realms is not just the building block. Realms is a complete DNS replacement. We have the DNS name system, which is governed and, and controlled by ICANN and the central mm -hmm. governing government bodies. Mm -hmm. RNS, the Realm name system is designed to be a complete replacement for DNS. For the, this is for the post-DNS world. This is the blockchain era, and Bitcoin is our best chance for securing our digital sovereignty. So RNS, or Realms for short, is not just a technical building block like parent-child. RNS, Realms, is a complete replacement for ENS, DNS, SATs, names, every, unstoppable domains, mm. everything. Now, could you build something like this with parent-child? Well, almost, but not quite, because parent-child is the building block. You need a couple other things that you can't do. I'll give you an example. Realms also implements something called front-running protection. So you can't have a serious name system where you could just sit on the mempool and mm. watch everyone registering the names yeah. and the mempool and then front run all the sweet names, right? Because if you're a miner and these don't these SATs names, these other naming systems are going to take over, you're just going to sit on the mempool, monitor the names people are buying, pay some miner to mine a block with your version of that name instead, and then sell them to the guy that wanted them in the first place. Now, this is fundamental limitation of ordinals because the ordinals ID is taken from the reveal transaction, not the commit transaction. So what we did in Atomicals was strategically take the commit transaction ID. This is where Casey and them were confused. They said, oh, I, I didn't see it. I was looking at the commit transaction. I didn't yeah. understand what's going on. That's because they were looking at the commit because the commit is the ID. And the reason for this is because you can't build any serious name system that has any chance of going mainstream if you don't have front running protection. Mm -hmm. So Atomicals lets you commit the transaction in a block, wait two more blocks, one, two, or three, and reveal it after. So by the time someone's listening on the mempool, they saw that you took the name, I don't know, the name Happy. Mm -hmm. By the time it's revealed, it's too late because it was already committed in the previous block or two. So there's no way anyone can front run this system. If two people try to claim the same thing, the, the first is first rule applies. In, this is a tiebreaker. But that's why there's a window of three blocks we need for confirmation to claim a name. And so I guess what I'm saying here is the Atomicals realm system is, is much more sophisticated than the building block of parent-child. Certainly parent-child is, is like a welcome a development for hierarchies, but in itself, it is not enough and it will never be enough to create a robust name system just for the reason that I outlined, because ordinals fundamentally is designed for digital artifacts. It's not designed for things like front running protection, things like yeah. dynamic updates. Now, I just want to touch on a little bit here. Mm -hmm. The parent child is interesting. So the containers that we have are, are more than parent child. It's a way to organize your NFTs or any other digital matter under an umbrella. You can also seal the collection at the end so that you can destroy the ability to update it further. So then once an NFT artist has minted their collection, they can attach metadata. Maybe they want to change the profile picture one last time, and then they, you know, they put their stamp on it, and then they seal it. So you can seal an NFT permanently as that collection. So you have on-chain data on-chain attributes, unlike we have with ordinals now, which is off-chain in, in ordinalswallets.com, GitHub. Mm. A final note here. 
Atomicals implements parent-child in a more robust way. Let me give an example. Ordinals lets you do one parent. Atomicals allows you to have many parents. You can have any number of parents that are required to create an atomical. So that means you can now create DAOs and sophisticated structures, organizations where you also need another, maybe another DAO to provide an input parent and, and another party. You could have multi-party parent-child going further. You can also require that a certain amount of an ARC20 token must be spent. So you not only have parent-child, you also have parent-child that requires a minimum spend of a specific ARC20 token. For example, you might have a DAO where you want to say the only way people can mint NFTs under this DAO is if you have a, a thousand tokens of ABC coin. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's already built in. So we, have, we actually have multi-parent-child and fungible token support in our parent-child relationships to enable all these DeFi and programmatic use cases. So this is another example where Atomicals is the, the digital objects 2.0. Mm -hmm. We're not stopping at one parent, one child. We already have implemented this for the, 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 the general use case for yeah. all the things that you'd want. Yeah. Is there some sort of uh, limitation to ordinals that allowed these artifacts to be revealed in the reveal transaction versus the commit? Like what, why was that decision made to do, to, to do it that way? Um, well, I, I can't speak to why, but I can tell you why I would do it that way. In fact, the first version of Atomicals, I implemented the same way about a month or two in mm -hmm. that the reveal transaction takes it, that, that forms the ID. It just makes logical sense because when you're doing the indexing, the reveal transaction is what reveals that it's an ordinal, that reveals it's an atomical. So it only makes logical sense that you would go and just grab the transaction ID of the current transaction. It just, it, it's, it's, it's within reach. So, but I realized that you can't build the front running protection if you do it this way. Mm -hmm. You actually have to go back to the commit but that requires you to be tracking the commit transactions from before. Mm -hmm. And the indexers, th that's not the, the, the obvious way to write the code. So this was something very consciously added in because I realized the limitations of the current mechanism, which is once again, how I was going to build it until I realized it just won't work. Mm -hmm. So that's just the way it is in ordinals because uh, Casey built it the way that I, I and other developers would have built it. It's mm -hmm. the obvious way that he did it but sometimes the obvious way has an obvious short or very big shortcoming that you don't see until much further later. And it makes it easier for indexers to, to look for um, reveal transactions than to look for commit transactions. Commit transactions, all every single transaction in Bitcoin is a commit transaction. So how, you can't distinguish one type to, for, for another. Is that correct? Well, that's well, that's correct. Yes, but then in the block explorers, they have a forward a, called a forward index. You know, when you click the address, it shows that it's spent or not. It's correct. called a forward spend index. So it's no problem in atomicals. You just you pull up the commit. Okay, great. You click the the, the arrow, and then you now you're at the reveal anyways. So it doesn't really matter. Right. Right. Okay. That that makes sense. So. Uh, for do do you still require indexers for atomicals? Or are they just indexing at at the third confirmation and 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 forward or beyond? Or how how would that work? Right. So what we do is we actually go ahead and index every. We, we basically track. We 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 keep track of the commits uh, that coming through 
all the time. We keep the past 100 blocks worth of commits because at any time, we don't actually know which of those commits right. could be re later revealed. The rule in Atomicals is that if it's revealed in the last 100 blocks, it's acceptable. We call that the general reveal limit. If you commit an atomical and you reveal it like the next day or two days later, I'm sorry, it's just not being indexed because it's, it's expired from that, that the general commit window. Mm -hmm. So it'll just be ignored. So we just have to keep the last 100 blocks, which is not, not too bad. And then that way we can match up the reveal to the commit in the last 100 blocks. Mm -hmm. and, and we know bada bing, bada boom, you know, as I said, just there it is. We got all the information we need. Mm -hmm. um, all right, let's talk a little bit about colored coins. Um, so color coins uses an OP return and there's been different implementations of color coins by um, different standards leveraging the OP return. How similar is atomicals to color coins? Well, Atomicals ARC20 is the, I'm going to say this humbly, but truthfully, ARC20 is the ultimate final solution to colored coins that was invented by Rosenfield back in 2012. Mm -hmm. Rosenfield in his paper described the way to color the individual Satoshis, like as I say, coloring a, a Satoshi or the UTXO is like putting, making it wear a t-shirt, right? With your, yeah. with your logo on it. Yep. ARC20 is the manifestation of the purest form. And I say this is Satoshi faithful colored coins because the Satoshis themselves represent the unit, the quantity of the colored coin. It means that the ARC20 token operates just like regular Bitcoin. You don't need a separate quantity field to track. You can't just mint coins out of the air, out of the air. You have to actually back them by a certain amount of Satoshi gold content. And so the ARC20 is basically Rosenfield's vision with a couple modifications to make it simpler uh, that he didn't really, they didn't, they weren't thinking about these things is the way we, we can think about them now. Uh, so this is ARC20 is the, is the purest implementation you can get. It follows Satoshi's vision. It, fo it's, it follows the Satoshi merge and split model exactly. Mm -hmm as opposed to BRC20 and, and ruins even, you could just mint a trillion coins out of thin air mm -hmm. and, and be backed by nothing. Which we've That's seen. the difference. Which you've seen mm -hmm. <laughs> a lot of. I think uh, mm -hmm. SATs, I mean, I, the, the, it's a one-for-one one pairing with uh, how many actual Satoshis exist, right? 2.1 right. quadrillion. So, yeah. so you're saying like, if you're to start a project uh, in the Atomicals ecosystem, you're a developer, you're going to have to put forth the the collateral requirements for to match however many units of tokens that you need for your ecosystem, right? So yeah, say for example, I wanted to mint 200 million William tokens. As you would. Right. <laughs> yeah. That means, that means, well, that means somebody needs to have 200 million Satoshis. Is that correct? Which yes. is two Bitcoin, Which, right? Which is two Bitcoin. Yeah. That is correct. And so that's a great point. Now, which we can think about it. Think about what this does for the scammers in the space that can no longer print money out of thin air. Yeah. If they're going to airdrop you their ARC20 token, they're airdropping you raw Satoshis. They're yeah. giving their Bitcoins away. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, the disadvantage is that you need to come up with the two Bitcoins. The strength is also the weakness, right? right? It's like, well, I don't, I don't have two Bitcoins, but I want to mint this out of, you know, want to create the supply. Well, what do you, what, what do? Simple. 
In ARC20, there's two ways you can mint a token. One is the direct mode where you yourself collateralize it mm -hmm. up front in a single output. Think of it as like the ERC-20 tokens in Ethereum where you kind of mint it yourself. But in this case, you have to actually supply the raw Satoshi gold content yourself. Mm -hmm. That's one way, which is, it is maybe great for securities and other things. Uh, you know, certain teams in their jurisdictions, they, they're perfectly, you know, free to do that if all legal things uh, done properly, right? But the second way, the most interesting way is the decentralized mints like the BRC20 style where you deploy the ticker, you deploy how many supply you want, how many mints there can be, etc. So in ARC20, you deploy, it's called the init DFT or initialized decentralized fungible token. You specify the ticker you want, mm -hmm. the, you specify the total the number of mints that there can be, how many tokens per mint you can you, you give away and the block height that it starts counting from so doing it this way means you can have a provable fair mint with no pre-mine mm -hmm. because when you deploy the ticker you've set a future block height that this is valid from unlike brc20 where once the ticker is initialized or deployed people just go into a, a frenzy to mine immediately from the next block but not with ARC20. You can set that to be a few blocks in the future. It could be a week later, any amount of time later. And so in this way, even though you, you want to make a William token, you don't have two Bitcoins, no problem. Just deploy, initialize a decentralized token and, and tell people about it. You could get your slice of William token. Mm -hmm. but And they, when they mint, they pay the Bitcoin mining fee. They will collateralize it with their, you know, thousand satoshis or ten thousand satoshis, which is like I don't know, maybe three dollars worth of Bitcoin. Yep. And so the sum total of the collateral, once it's all minted out, will equal two bitcoins. But you yourself didn't have to put that up. It was the initial minters, the decentralized community that collateralized it, a couple dollars at a time or a thousand satoshis at a time. So that means that there is only. 2.1 quadrillion possible atomicals. Is that correct? That is correct. Interesting. That is correct. I, I, I ran some calculations. It, uh, let's say we tokenized every US cent, every euro, every pound, every registry title, every loyalty coupon system, everything that is exists in the world today. If you tokenized everything, you yeah. take it together you would use about 50% of the 2.1 quadrillion Satoshis to tokenize everything that exists, all the stocks, all the registry titles, all the, everything in the world, all the existing currencies. If you tokenized everything, it's about one quadrillion units. Wow. Wow. That's pretty cool. So we're overstocked. Yeah. <laughs> There's we plenty are. of Satoshis. That's great. We, certainly it'd be nicer if we had a factor of 10 to play with, but you know, we yeah. say we, we go to we go to battle with the cryptocurrency digital gold we have, not the one that we wish we had. Yeah, that's right. So that's wow. interesting. That is interesting. Wow. That's one hell of a quantitative uh, exercise, yeah. you know, just to calculate how much asset space exists. I yeah, guess. it's yeah. difficult to to imagine how big 2.1 quadrillion is anyways. Yeah, I can't do it. Right. So it's like, you know, that's the best way to look at it. If you tokenize everything, We're everything, not even there yet. it's halfway, right? Wow. So like there's 150, let's say there's un, the U.S. monetary base and unfunded liabilities is something like 300, I think it's $300 trillion or something. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, and, and then you take 300 trillion times 100 because you have cents in there. That's 300 trillion multiplied out. You end up, you still end up with enough. Yeah. You still end up with enough, enough yeah. space. Interesting. So, okay. So now we got, we got 200 million William tokens out there. Uh, free, uh, I, I guess, quote unquote, freedom mint, right? It's going to cost you Satoshis, right? But, uh, mm -hmm. but there's a, an additional component that you guys put together, which is the mining component. Mm -hmm. Do you want to explain that a little bit? For sure. So the, the ARC20 mining is optional, but the deployer of the William ticker, you can decide the level of difficulty, like how much CPU power is needed to claim one of those slices, one of those mints. So it's called Bitwork. Uh, it was Bob Bodley that, that coined this phrase when he wrote a, a tweet about uh, GPU or CPU, GPU mineable tokens on Bitcoin. And we were working on a proof of work um, feature in Atomicals that allowed you to uh, create GPU, CPU, GPU mineable tokens. And we just took that term. So the credit goes to, goes to Bob for coining the phrase Bitwork, which we adopted. And so when you mint a token, the William token, you could say that in order for someone to claim some amount of this token, they need to create a transaction ID that starts with W-I-L-L, -L, like will. Mm -hmm. And so that encoded in a transaction ID, you know, once you encode that to hexadecimal, sure. you get it, I don't know, whatever it is. Well, the point is that you can now force users to have to expend energy to be able to claim a token. They can't just pay the, you know, a couple dollars on the Bitcoin network, just mint out a BRC20 because they have heavy, you know, deep pockets to just pay the mining fee and they just kind of grab everything in sight. You can now tune using the Bitwork prefix parameter, how much energy is needed. Was it 10 seconds of energy? One second? Is it one minute? Is it 20 minutes? Is it a day? You can choose very precisely how much CPU power is needed on average before someone is awarded in that random mining process is awarded their allotment. So it basically simulates the Bitcoin mining process itself on the transaction level. And so in this way, when you deploy, say, the William token, hypothetically, mm -hmm. and you can say that you want someone to spend one minute of energy of CPU power or 10 minutes for, or even five minutes. And the reason you would do this is because you want to create a provable fair mint in the future. So not only is the token mintable, or mineable and mintable in, say, a week from now, you can prove that the only people that can claim the token are the ones that applied the CPU power. And you can just do the math calculation to see how many minutes of computing power that will need, and which is which is fantastic because you can you can now create better distribution of the token. It's a fair mint. Everyone has a chance to you know spin up their laptop and hear the the fan and the CPU whir and, and, and go burr. Mm -hmm. So to get their allotment, which would lead to a much much better decentralized distribution, which is mimicking the exact Bitcoin mining process itself. The goal with Atomicals was to was a was a very practical purpose was to make it create fair mints for 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 these tokens, as well as also being able to bring GPU hash back to Bitcoin. So instead of GPU hash on other chains just out there, we now have a way to create mineable tokens 
we have mineable tokens now on Atomicals. So all the GPU hash, GPU miners can be written that now instead of just using CPU mining for these Atomicals Bitwork tokens, mm -hmm. you can now, we can now create a GPU-based miner to get more efficient and bring back the whole mining craze directly on Bitcoin and further securing the Bitcoin chain. The more value we have, the more machines we have pointed at Bitcoin, even if it's not at the base layer, but it's on the token layer, on the transaction layer, we're, we're solidifying Bitcoin as the proof of work engine. Mm. That's what Bitwork is. And another benefit I'll, I'll point out is that if you have your William token, you might you have the ticker dollar sign William. Well, you might want to make the Atomicals reference ID, which is just the transaction ID. It's just an encoding with letters. Mm -hmm. You might want it to say will at the front so that when people are transferring around the token, the transaction ID everywhere says will. Mm. So not only is it in the ticker, you have a vanity identifier, which is just cool because now you can also create other systems, hierarchies, like maybe like you can imagine bitmap hierarchies where they're linked based on transaction prefix. So you can actually now create meta protocols with atomicals that are simulating proof of work. But anyways, so, just a little touching on that. Are, are you saying that I can send, you know, a hundred will tokens to IMAN and the transaction ID that I send it to IMAN to also has will at the beginning of the transaction ID? When you, um, close, oh, yes and no. The individual, the, the actual token mint itself, the atomical ID, like the ordinal ID, the atomical ID, mm -hmm. that contains will at the front. So whenever people are passing around your William ticker, I the see. transaction ID, the, the identifier of that atomical starts with will. Okay, I got you. And then the, now, but you, what's interesting is if you do a transfer, if you really want to get all, all into vanity, you can actually still mint a transfer token just for just for giggles, you can actually mint a transfer token with extra bit work so that that also has will in it. Mm, interesting. And it, we can touch on that another time. It creates a proof of work ranking system and the indexer automatically indexes this by energy. So you can query the Atomicals indexer and say, give me the top social media posts with the, with the most amount of energy that was spent in the past 24 hours. Mm. So now you can create an un, un, ungameable social media ranking system as well but we can talk about that another time so this is more closer to like an electricity tax because mm -hmm. if i wanted to mint my token it's not enough just to have uh satoshis in my wallet i i not only do i have to have satoshis but i need to have you know sufficient computing power however little that is to be able to mint that token is that Kind of accurate. It's, it, it's true, yes, because it, it allows in it allows us to use the energy of the CPU uh, as a spam filter or a throttling mechanism. You can call it a tax, uh, which is which is accurate. Just like you know, it's a way to you're basically paying with your CPU power right. as well. Now, just to clarify here, this is optional. There's nothing in the protocol that requires a William token to be mm -hmm. deployed. Okay. That requires anyone to do this. this is your prerogative. Yeah. If you want to go ahead and do this, you can add, it's called the, the mint bitwork parameter. Mm -hmm. And if you leave it empty, then it just behaves like a BRC 20 style decentralized mint. And you don't need to use this, mm -hmm. but 
it certainly is very interesting when you think about it from creating that more fair decentralization. It's so, still much better to have one minute of CPU work than nothing, or sure. even 10 seconds is better than nothing. Yeah, so so what you're doing is you, by by implementing this this hashing mechanic, you are you are sort of making it more fair because mm -hmm. it, it's it's not, because if you wanted to filter out spam, you, the the spammers would have to have Bitcoin in order to spam the network, right? So that's a pretty effective spam prevention tool. But it's not about that. It's it's about making sure that it's equally and evenly and fairly distributed. That's why you need to spend ten minutes mining my token. That's correct. Because if someone might have deep pockets and have I don't know ten thousand dollars worth of Bitcoin and they don't mind paying the fee to mint some cool token, right? But then they could just gobble up the supply because they had the $10,000 worth of Bitcoin. That's right. But in this system, they would need 10,000 CPUs. Mm -hmm. That's right. So you see, even though they have the deep pockets to do it, they couldn't. They'd have to spin up an entire mining farm sure. and, and orchestrate it. So this, right, this is why ARC20 tokens are going to be much better distributed right from sure. the get-go. Sure. Yeah, and that's largely why Bitcoin is so decentralized because you have this incentive mechanism called mining that allows anybody to potentially earn a earn some Bitcoin. You just it's it's a race of power rather than a, a race of like desire and money. Exactly. The the same arguments that are used to justify Bitcoin's decentralization itself is the same argument that applies to ARC20 Bitwork mineable tokens. Mm -hmm. Isn't there like a there's like a difficulty adjustment component to Bitcoin's mining mechanism, right? Like the more, yeah, uh, more I guess entrants or participants in this mining extraction, more difficult it becomes, right? Is that is there also some other like buffering mechanism? Yeah, could could you build in, um, you know, say early on, minting William tokens is <laughs> fairly you know cheap in the computational sense. Right? With my Mac. With 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 your Mac. But okay. at the end of the mint, somewhere, you know, at one hundred and ninety, you're gonna need like an ASIC potentially. <laughs> right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So is that can you build that into uh the the protocol? Is that something that I as a as a token minter can decide to do? It's a great question. Um right now the answer is no. Hmm. I actually wanted to launch with a difficulty adjustment and 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 a custom emission curve from the beginning, but due to just wanting to launch as quickly as possible i i cut that from scope so it's just a okay. static fixed difficulty but i'll just say this that it was actually my intention to make that a reality and i won't say much more other than let's just say it's top of mind for something else sure. that's coming mm -hmm. uh, that, that we're going to be able to do that yeah as long as it's technically doable i mean it's just like will with a bunch of zeros and you add zero for every you know ten thousand tokens that get that get mined essentially mm -hmm. Okay. You're right. There's the the base. You you just described the the most simplest and elegant base case. Yeah. Exactly. You just add an extra letter, and that's exactly how I was going to to do it. But in that in that little side quest, I realized we can actually even get more sophisticated than that. And probably I don't know for better or worse. Maybe I should have shipped with what you just described. Uh, but 
I, I thought I would wait until a, a future release to yeah. Um, yeah. No, that's good. even some more options. It's, yeah. you, you bring up a very good point, though. It'd be like Will and then Will I and then Will I Am and then <laughs> Will Go William Gomez. And then it's like, oh, I thought you were going cool. to say Will I Am God or something like yeah. that. Well, yeah, there you go. Anything. <laughs> I am. See, Superman. that's cool. That, that's like revealing a, a secret message. It's like you can only see the whole message until it gets completely minted out. That's true. Like, that would be a pretty cool incentive mechanism for a community to like. Yeah, continue to like onboard, right? Just yeah. like uncover like the the the, the code, the yeah. coded messaging of it, of that. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, that's that's Very really nice. awesome. Hey, uh, hey, uh, just quick questions because I think we're running out of time a little bit. Yeah. Um, but we definitely want to like you know go beyond the hour if if possible. Um, uh, because this is very interesting. For sure. But I, I just wanted to know, like, um, I guess we kind of have like a good solid understanding of what Atomicals is now and ARC twenty and all the different. I guess um, benefits in uh, comparison to what already exists. So, like, wh what can you say? Because you guys deployed about two or three weeks ago. What is like the uh, the traction, the onboarding looked like so far to this point? And are you aware of any developers who are like actually, you know, intending to build these 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 uh, very familiar Web three products that you kind of describe? Like, you could build GameFi, you could build DeFi using um atomicals is any of that in in the works or do you think um that's something else you're gonna have to kind of like pick up another initiative of like you know showcasing what can be done with atomicals yourself by building one of these uh i guess web3 primitives uh great question so i'll say that in my ears to the ground and and the developers that have reached out to me there's a couple wallets coming online soon mobile wallets browser extension wallets a couple blockchain scanners as well, like like you know, um, block explorers and inscription services are, are coming online. So that's just from the rumors and, and the developers that reached out to me. Some have already submitted to various app stores and like mm. you know uh, the browser um, marketplaces, just waiting approval. Uh, I've heard. Uh, this is what I've heard from them. I, I'm not associated with them or, a, a, you know, not building anything myself. Uh, this is what I gather that developers are scrambling to, to build out the stack. They see the opportunity in, in realms, which is, you know, the, really the, the reason for Atomical's existing, but also the ARC20, which is the innovative, you know, Satoshi faithful colored coins. That's one of the first applications was the ARC20 minting and trading a couple of a beta apps have emerged. So uh, I'm seeing that growing and I'm, I'm hoping to see they come to light after, you know, it's been now a couple of weeks. I'm hoping to see them get unveiled by these, these companies. Other developers have reached out to me, like independents, asking how it works. They, you know, asked for help with the command line to, to claim their realms, to mint some. Uh, you know, Bitcoin punks and, and other other NFTs on uh, on Atomical. So to add to that, I think right now the protocol documentation needs a huge upgrade. It's it's not even like twenty percent done. Mm, wow. Even though there's working code, the JavaScript li command line is comprehensive. That that thing itself took half half the time. Uh, that has every single possible thing in there. So developers have already taken the initiative to dissect that and, and to, to be using that to build. Um, I do think 
having some examples. I mentioned earlier that the website at realm.name is completely open source. It's a React app, which has a built-in, will soon have a built-in Bitcoin wallet where you can store your you know, seed phrase and encrypt it in the browser so that developers can use that as a template to interface with Atomicals very quickly. So I think it's going to be a little bit of both. There's going to be the initiatives from the communities, uh, developers that are just building on their own, but it's also up to me as the founder to be able to release some demo apps, improve the protocol documents, and to provide the, you know, the, the like a block explorer or an inscription tool so yeah. that it just saves people time. There's no need to reinvent that. So I, I'm hoping that as time goes on, I just do less and less. But yes, anything I do is all going to be completely open sourced in the spirit of openness and no walled gardens so that developers can just boom, get going. Because mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember at the beginning of the ordinals craze, everyone had their own implementation of these inscription services charging like huge, huge fees. It was like hundreds of dollars to mint a single ordinal is what they were charging and getting away with. Mm -hmm. And now it's kind of coalesced into you know half a dozen different services with their own proprietary implementations. I, I don't think that's I don't I think that's kind of a waste of effort. It, it's it's been what was needed for ordinals, but in this this new paradigm, this new realm that we're now in, we can go so much further if we just provide a base. So I'm going to provide some tooling mm. and hopefully the tools that are coming online will also demonstrate the opportunity to anyone else, any other developers that are listening to this yeah. that are wondering how they should get involved or, um, or, or seeing the activity and, yeah. and, and deciding when to get involved. Yeah. I think that's definitely huge because you know, um, you're definitely undertaking like a, a, I mean, um, not just a tremendous technical endeavor, which it sounds like you've already pulled off most of the hard work because you know, you've been, mm -hmm. you know, you, you put in the hard, the R and D and you've coded most of like what's needed, I guess, for developers to actually leverage all this, um, new innovation. But now you're going up against something as like, uh, I guess the precedence that's already existing within this like B Bitcoin builder ecosystem of like, you know, whatever you want to label it as like the beginning formations of, of, of an industry, what, you know, what's being built, uh, like an influencer cartel around whatever it is. Casey kind of proposes, like you have a lot in uh, a lot of, um, I guess, uh, barriers as far as like, uh, for adoption, right. Even if you have the, the superior technology, which it sounds like mm -hmm. you do. Right. And we've seen this happen time and time and time again, where the best technology t sometimes doesn't always win out. Right. Because for whatever reason, I think we heard this parallel like back in the yeah. Internet. Right. The Internet yeah. isn't exactly like the best protocol we could have had. That's correct. Like the individual protocols that are that have been, um, I guess, assembled to form what it is that we experience today as the Web. Right. So I guess like I think the best thing you could do is actually show showcase now like all of the different like the limitations that exist within right now, the, the dominant force that exists in this Bitcoin ecosystem, right? Showcase that, mm -hmm. you know, your technology is superior and it, otherwise, you know, it's, you run the risk, I guess, of, of no adoption. Right. And yeah, that obviously wouldn't be good for, for the developers, right? The devs need access to the best tools right. at the end of the day in order to create the best value, you know? You're absolutely right. There's the technical aspect, and then there's the go-to-market strategy. Yeah. There's the the market the entrenched the development interests already, and and you're absolutely right. In in crypto, I like to think though that six months in crypto is like six years outside of crypto. 
the traditional Web 2.0 space. Mm -hmm. You can see how fast we move compared to outside. And so I think that if we can create a compelling developer experience, and there's certain things we can do on atomicals and realms that are just not possible or available mm -hmm. on the old technology, yeah. then, then, then people are going to recognize that mm -hmm. and they're going to want to speculate. They're going to want to play and experiment with the new things. Mm -hmm. So with what's coming this week with realms, with realms minting is an entirely new capability, an entirely new NFT asset class that just doesn't exist. And so I think people are going to see that and recognize that there's some something really here. Yeah. And if that ends up being an example for other protocols, which certainly there will be other protocols after Atomicals in the future, I do think that Atomicals is the natural progression. You know, if you were to ask yourself, is it Ordinals going to be the theory in the protocol in 10 years from now? Like that, I mean, I don't know if anyone can really look at, you know, and, and straight say that that's what they believe. It's just going to be some, you know, some manifestation of it. I don't think they can clearly say that, right? Mm -hmm. Like we just saw how quickly BRC20 has taken over the ERC20, even though ERC20 was around for a while. So things are speeding up, things are changing, and there's nothing preventing any of the existing digital art on ordinals from being leveraged, remixed and organized as digital matter on atomicals or whatever whatever successor there is to atomicals in the future. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of um, there's a lot of un unknowns here, right? And I think it's going to come down to this next week, mm -hmm. in the next coming weeks, mm -hmm. for the developers that see an opportunity to to help create the future they want to see, not this centralized, top down. Uh, edicts from a central protocol governing body, not from all these entrenched interests and marketplaces that have their own indexers, their own markups and their own fees, but from the other side where it's open source, decentralized indexing, decentralized tools, full stack top to bottom, so that the developer can actually create all these DeFi and programmable digital objects and not be stuck to one API of, I'll pick on a few of the Ordinals API or Magic Eden's API or the Track API or the Unisat API. Like, yeah. forget forget APIs of these businesses and just work for yourself. Get the Electromex decentralized indexer. It is basically superior. It is what everyone uses behind the scenes, anyways. Go straight to the source, own your data. Be responsible for your developer services and, and create without the middleman. That's mm -hmm. what Atomicals, the Atomicals revolution is about, is doing to Bitcoin, NFT, and fungible token through ARC20 is, is democratizing development and smart contracts ultimately on Bitcoin itself, what Bitcoin did to money in the first place. Mm -hmm. So will we get to that future? I don't know, mm -hmm. but I really hope so for all of us. And if not, I want to say that this had to exist. As developers look at this, I think they will appreciate the innovation that will come because it is the logical step in Digital Objects 2.0 mm -hmm. to go to Atomicals. One way or another, this is where 
the entire industry is going to go because this is what everyone wants. This is what they're trying yes. and struggling to do with the, the track indexer and these mm -hmm. different JSON yep. Yep. BRC protocols. We already got that built. It's, mm -hmm. it's done in a way that's robust, high performance, decentralized, open source. So now we can go on and build the cool things that we always wanted to exist. So I got, I got so many questions, but we're, we're running out of time. Hey, um, I love everything that you're doing. Um, we've been, we've been working on this, you know, as, as you know, this, this concept of a digital matter theory, and we want to leverage it, um, as a way, not only just for, for bitmap, but it goes beyond just bitmap. And, you know, one of the things that I was, I was thinking about is we, have you ever considered atomicals, um, you know, what does an in, an inflationary supply of an atomicals look like if, if at all, and maybe that's not even possible because there's just an inherent cap to all atomicals, but did, have you ever thought about an inflationary supply token, um, in, in the context of what you're doing? Yes, actually what you described earlier with having the, uh, the mineable token where after say every, I don't know, 10,000 mints or whatever, sure. you add an extra letter. Okay. That's an example of an inflationary token. And that's actually one of the first examples I also thought about, but I didn't ship with that because I actually wanted a perpetual inflation that's programmable. So you as the developer, say you deploy a William token. You could set the custom difficulty adjustment period. You could even set burn rules. So you might have like, maybe you can retrieve or melt those tokens at some interval, exchanging them for another token or NFTs or whatever. And then you can mint more after. So I have been thinking about this and the next big iteration that builds on this atomical space is geared towards complete developer freedom to create inflationary tokens it create custom rules you might have a token where as long as these nfts uh certain digital art is sold or maybe it's og passes that are redeemed as an example mm -hmm. then it unlocks more tokens that can be minted at a different difficulty i see all these complex rules is exactly what's top of my mind for what's coming next okay so also consider this couldn't you couldn't you quote unquote, burn a, a will token and, and rename that, that sat, so, so to speak, reapply atomicals, but call it IMAN. It's like, couldn't you gamify burning the will token to convert it to an IMAN token? Is, is that possible? Currently, no, because once again, that's getting, getting into the custom rules that I want to create. So currently, no. But I love how you're thinking about this because you recognize correctly that the gamification of burning and minting tokens according to these rules opens up some very, very interesting possibilities. Mm -hmm. And so this example you just gave just now about burning one token in exchange for another is exactly why I decided to not ship an inflationary token. Mm -hmm. And I decided to ship the base that we have now because the next enhancement is going to encompass not only the perpetual mineable token but also this token melt exchange procedure you just procedure you just described mm -hmm. so you're completely right that this is where exactly where we want to be and, and we're going yeah because 
if if let's assume 2.1 quadrillion was a limit right just let's just make that assumption that it was an actual limit you could just allow people to remove some of their shit coin um atomicals and convert those reuse those sats for a different token that they prefer and mm. you essentially have an infinite supply thereby having atomicals you know be used indefinitely right past 2140 mm. that's that's very interesting that's a very future thinking of um using uh bitcoin to kind of bootstrap itself propel itself into the, the post bitcoin world it's very inception yeah. level and and this is where we got to be thinking exactly this is atomicals is not a static fixed protocol for one type of thing it is intended to give bitcoin the superpowers to actually survive its own collapse in the future mm. it, it is I, I know that sounds yeah because because um, think about it from the realm perspective right yeah past the year 2140 assuming every every satoshi has an atomical equivalent right somebody wants to create a new realm right how are they going to do that right they have to burn an old one and create a new one right that seems reasonable absolutely i, I think a lot of us have old domain names that we we bought you know that late night when we thought it'd be a cool name for business and we have like a graveyard of domain names right and so i i think it'd be like that where you have these old realms that just outlived its, their purpose mm -hmm. and and you just you know you just don't mind burning an old digital asset that no longer has use for you or or at least no longer used to your great great grandchildren right yeah i like that because yeah now now really there, there's no limit and but you can impose the limits right as a as a developer <clears throat> yeah just uh just to kind of expand on because you you're you're you're, you're saying um like a, a framework for for rule determination i guess or rule setting is is coming in the future is is this like what, what, what how can you best like encapsulate what that actually looks like it's, it's this isn't like a similar like a, a coding language like a solidity for bitcoin is it like a whole yeah like a how do you set the rules like technically well the the first approach i i took i wanted to take was to create some fixed rules like the example was the, the mineable tokens would have an adjustment period and inflationary rules but i realized that I could not develop all the rules that developers want. So what would be, and Satoshi said this as well, he didn't just want certain transaction types, he wanted to be put in the Bitcoin script so that he put in a programming language directly into Bitcoin so developers could figure out what they needed in the future. Well, yeah. same thing with Atomicals here. I cannot think of all the rules, it's impossible, and neither would I want to. So what will be coming is basically smart contracting on bitcoin l1 with atomicals i'm not going to say more than that it will be a programming language wow. it will be sophisticated but so imagine deploying some code on chain in a transaction mm -hmm. and then you can mint an atomical and point to that code that exists on chain and execute that code and if the code executes correctly then the atomical is minted or transferred this mm. is ultimately when you look at ethereum and solana the evm based languages that's what's going on here they have solidity they have developers can make whatever they want for the minting and transfer rules and and that's that's where we're going let's just say that is directionally accurate to say okay. that we'll be able to have templates 
for common use cases, mm -hmm. but also the developer freedom to, to create all the things that we see in these other layer one blockchains, but directly on Bitcoin. Yeah. Man. Yeah, I, that's cool. I struggle to not ask this question, but I have to. Like, uh, you know, W E N, you know, win, <laughs> like, like a time frame, <laughs> a win. Well, yeah. you know, well, let's just say uh, my original plan to build Atomicals was I, I told everyone it's going to take about a month or two, and it took seven months. So I'll say the same thing here. I believe it's going to take a month or two. What? So, so okay. you can so look for months. it probably in seven months. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna give you ten just as like a buffer, anyways. <laughs> just yeah. because like this sounds like such a like you like you've already said it, like a like, strengthening this paradigm shift, right? Yeah. Like this is the ultimate uh golden goose for, for Bitcoin's like uh future, right? Yeah. Yeah, if you're responsible for ushering this in, I mean, come on, man. Like this is this is a moment in history, right? So I mean, uh, definitely encourage, I guess, like uh Man, I don't know. Like, how how can we build a community? I guess around this and to support you guys and you know, right? Make this actually happen. You know, I really appreciate you calling that out. Mm -hmm. I I really appreciate that because I, I looked at this and I realized that this is what we want. This is what I want. This is what many of us want to exist. And part of me is like, oh, geez, why me? Like, ah, oh, no, like, <laughs> yeah, I gotta. This is this is not exactly like. You're Neo, dude. Work. That's yeah. what it is. <laughs> You're chosen by the Matrix. Yeah. It's like, well, you know, this has to exist. I cannot get sleep. I cannot live with myself if I have not shipped Atomicals the way it is. And if I don't take it to where I think a lot of us see, we really need to take Bitcoin. So I I'm just going to do this because this has to exist. So mm -hmm. I think that the biggest thing that we need now is, is truly developers to reach out and to create on the Atomicals base. The, the next steps are going to be, once, once people see, I've already mapped out how this will work. Once people see how the base fits into the next step, it's going to be like, oh, that's very logical. Wow. How, how come no one has done this before? Why do we have all these layer two proof of work systems when this could have been done all along on Bitcoin? It's going to be like that, that light bulb goes off. And we're going to usher in even another Cambrian explosion of development on Bitcoin. So mm -hmm. getting developers to work with realms, getting NFT artists and creators to deploy their first small collection, educating and rallying behind this protocol as digital objects 2.0, digital objects on Bitcoin, is going to create that groundswell movement to then basically give me that motivation in those long lonely nights mm. of coding yeah. up the next iteration that's the right. next improvements that's really important yeah. uh, it, getting developer adoption uh, gives you a ton of fuel to keep going because once you get that traction that's like you know you're in the right path so i, I totally agree so okay we're, we're talking about getting developers um you know getting involved in like minting tokens and stuff you know what can like the regular folks do um can we mint a realm right now yes and no today you have to use a command line if you go to realm.name https colon slash slash realm.name you can search for any realm names that uh you know are taken to see you know who took them or to browse for the ones that are available you can go claim them there's a link there to the command line tool to to mint them uh but but as of today, in the next day or so, I'll be releasing an upgrade so that you can just go to the user interface, 
choose a realm and mint it right there. You just use your existing Bitcoin wallet, you scan a QR code, and you'll claim the realm directly in the browser. So based on, depending on when, you know, your audience and everyone's listening and, and sees this, mm -hmm. head on over to realm.name and claim your realm name and then set your profile. Set your links to your, you know, Discord, your Twitter, your Nostr profile mm -hmm. with NIP05. Connect it and let's create a community of decentralized profiles. This is our digital, this is our Web3 digital passport. This is our best hope to overcome DNS and the other name systems. Mm -hmm. So this is how any artist, regular person, user, developer, we can all get started by connecting and sharing our profiles. The website is completely free, completely open source. There's no middlemen here. And let's all experience this digital sovereignty that Realms and Atomicals gives us. That in itself, doing that, taking that step, not only is it cool, it can't be done anywhere else, it basically gives us the validation that we're on the right track and that people are hungry for this kind of new digital asset class and we're going to build on top you see our man that's why i'm so bullish on bitcoin dude <laughs> yeah i mean sh i guess I'm, I'm right there with you dude. <laughs> i think you finally got me in this one yeah so, yeah uh, I mean, i'm starting to see I, I guess yeah like a much more brighter future right because yeah. I mean, right now it definitely feels like man there's just like so much I don't know another word for like bickering on the Twitter's X face or whatever over like, you know, what to do moving forward, who should we trust and yeah. like what's going on? You know, it just feels so convoluted now before when we first came into this ordinal space, it felt much more like, like a cohesive alignment. Yeah. It was narrow. Something like that. Yeah. But yeah. now it's like, man, so I guess Atomicals is hitting at like the perfect time because there's already is like a stratification yeah. amongst like this community of like who, who, who to follow, what direction is best. I mean, nobody really knows. And like I said, there is like a big, narrative push around like you know whatever the ordinals like you know core team says just kind of goes and we should yeah. just follow along so maybe not maybe yeah. we should all just kind of like take a pause and like actually think about that for a second you yeah because the value here is building on bitcoin it's not necessarily yeah. building on ordinals Correct. or runes or anything specific so all right, uh, A, I really appreciate you joining us this has been a fantastic conversation talking about atomicals mm -hmm. um I think we got the call to action to go to realm.name uh, and then mint your realm. Um, I think this is like really interesting. I wanted to talk a little bit more about like the whole digital matter concept a little bit, but uh, we're definitely out of time. Um, so A, any any final words, I guess, before we, we get out of here? Well, I just want to say thank you so much for having me and, and thank you to the, the listeners and the audience for, for tuning in and and having an open mind. I know that when you hear about a new protocol or new system, it's, you know, there's a little bit of that eye rolling. It's like, oh no, not another, not yet another protocol. But I really want to share that Atomicals is, is been in works for almost three years from the research that I've developed from thousands of hours. And the reason is as a hardcore Bitcoiner, I want to create the future where we're in control of our digital sovereignty, our online lives. And that requires a cohesive, comprehensive approach that's built on open standards and permissionless innovation. Atomicals is that manifestation, and I created it 
because I want this for my descendants, my future, my family, mm -hmm. and all of us to be able to have. Yeah. So I'm a huge fan of ordinals, of BRC20, and, and all the other protocols that are doing innovative stuff. So I'd like to say thank you for considering and for looking at this from the big picture that we're going into a new world where we need to do more than digital collectibles and trade, but real utility, programming for games, social platforms, communication platforms. Yes. And that's what this is. So once again, thank you to everyone for this opportunity. You can reach us at uh, Atomicals XYZ on, on Twitter. Any questions you have from a technical or a user level, reach out to me. I've been very busy and I'll, I promise I'll get to you eventually. Mm. Reach out <laughs> to me or join the Discord that the community has put on. There's already a, a, almost 500 members there that are happy to help. So um, we'd, we'd love to have you involved and, and join us in the Atomicals and Bitcoin revolution. I love it. Well said. Yes, absolutely. All the links will be in the description, everybody. Thank you guys for watching as always. A, of course, thank you for joining. We're, ha we're happy to have you back on to, to talk a little bit more shop later on. Um, but other than that, thank you guys for watching and we will catch you in the next podcast. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Blockrunner podcast. Make sure you visit our website, theblockrunner.com and sign up to stay up to date on the latest in crypto. Also, reach out to us on Twitter at TheBlockRunner.